I would like to use this opportunity to commemorate the life of Enzo Carigliano, who tragically passed away a few days ago on the date of this recording. Enzo was a bright and kind soul whose smile was contagious and had the power to light up any room he walked into. His passion and joy transcended also onto the squash court where he was widely regarded as one of the best young players of his generation. You will be missed dearly by all of us so. Keep smiling down from above and may you rest in power, King. And I would also like to say one more thing to our listeners today. Know that you are not alone. 2020 has been a very challenging and difficult year for all of us. Check in on your friends and family and tell them how much you love them. You never know what might truly be going on in someone's life, but reaching out and listening to them can go a long way. Keep being awesome, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the newest episode of No Cap, the podcast, all facts, no fiction, with your hosts, Adeleke Carrera, and myself, Scott Held. Adeleke, how are you doing, my guy? I'm doing great, man. Um, We're global again. We are. We both switched up the location now. I'm in Germany and you're in Switzerland, so yeah that's talk right. to us a little bit about that how that was um you know flying over from canada to switzerland yeah man. actually now with covid yeah fuck i mean this is i mean this is kind of why it took us uh you know the wait for this podcast was a little bit longer i was going through my exams and then uh the process of flying back home to switzerland you obviously uh getting your stuff done in switzerland and then going up to germany so i i flew last friday um it was long i flew through montreal um so i went vancouver to montreal and then flew from montreal to zurich um so the whole like all together it took me like a a good like 18 hours to get home oh my goodness which was a a grind man yeah 18 hours it it was a it was pretty painless to be honest like bro it's funny because you you mentioned like covid and such and like honestly other than uh everybody wearing masks not that much about yeah. flying was different you know what i mean the planes yeah. were still the planes were still packed obviously um i had an early morning flight from vancouver so the airport there was pretty dead you know i, I got up at about 5 30 to head to the airport the flight was about i think eight or something and uh it was quiet i mean i got through security real quick did all that yeah went to montreal and then arrived in zurich Bro, and I know you've been through this as well, man. Zurich has the most confusing airport when you are. Oh, man. Zurich <laughs> airport is a labyrinth. If I can, Bro, if I, I don't see. understand. Like, I kid you not, everybody on my flight got lost when they were walking through the airport. Because you like, you come because out the, you come out they the plane. Get, they let then, you come out the gate. Yeah. Yeah. And then suddenly you at departures and you're like, yo, what's going on? Like, I thought I was... <laughs> I thought I was right. It's so confusing, man. So I was so quick to get through because I was the only person who knew where to go. So I was at the passport yeah. uh, control and there was nobody else <laughs> there because nobody had found their way there. I don't know what's up Zurich Airport, bro. Man, they somebody. need to fix that. And the only thing I really always have is like my orientation point is like those shuttles. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's so funny because like you can always pinpoint who the tourists are because once you're in the shuttle, it goes and then on the sides of the wall, oh my you're like the yodeling. Yeah, they have like these yeah. small little pictures going on with like they got Heidi. the Heidi. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's that what I'm always me. like, okay, I'm back home right now. Yeah, bro, straight up, man. I actually I didn't take the shuttle this time. I uh bro, they they didn't even drop us off at the terminal. The plane just parked on the runway and then they stuck us on a bus uh, <laughs> to drive over. And then the bus did like a circle and then it dropped us off. Like it passed the drop-off point and did a big ass loop and then it dropped us off. And everybody in the bus was like, yo, like what the fuck is going on? Like <laughs> happening. It was it was pretty funny, man. But uh you know, I got here eventually, and now I'm I'm doing my uh my quarantine at home. Actually, it's not mandatory in Switzerland, but uh, mm-hmm. mandatory for my parents. So <laughs> I'm doing. Did, my did you have flying? Did you have any like concerns? I know, like with COVID or any like protocol, you know, trying to stay safe. Because I remember when I flew from um, university back in March, I had an eight-hour layover at JFK Airport in New York mm-hmm. City. Mm-hmm. And this was like very early on when people were first starting to figure out like what COVID was all about and stuff. And I remember I didn't even have a mask or anything because they were all sold out. So I just sat my ass like right in this one spot for eight hours until I boarded the flight. I imagine it was a lot more paranoid back then. I mean, now it's been a while. Um, Yeah. I had a pretty short layover. I had like two and a half hours in Montreal. So I was just kind of chilling, you know, I ate and sat on my laptop and whatever. And like, other than that, I mean, you know, you take the precautions you can. Like I had a mask on the whole time, which was a bit of a grind, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty used to masks now because I was wearing them yeah. so much like at work and at the gym and such. And then like you sanitize and you stay clean. And is the thing is, bro, like everybody who flies knows this is hard because you're on the plane and they pack you in and like both flights, I was sitting next to somebody, you know, yeah. and like those airplane seats are small and like. You don't really got the air really circulates got, again. Yeah, around, you don't really got yeah. much space, and I don't know. It just it cracked me up because once we landed at the in Zurich, they were like, "Yeah, please remember to respect social distancing once you're in the terminal." I was like, "Bro, I've been <laughs> I've been right next to everybody on this flight. Like, if I if yeah, somebody I has it, I got it now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, man. Like, there's not much that yeah, can staying now six feet away just because I'm at the terminal doesn't matter anymore. So it was uh, I mean, like I said, it wasn't as I thought they would, they did a contact tracing thing on the plane. So okay. I had to fill out my information. They haven't contacted me yet, which is good. Um, but even, I don't know, at the airport, I thought people were going to ask me questions, you know, when I was going through passport control. And stuff, but they didn't ask anything. Yeah. Like I just scanned my passport and I walked through and the guy just waved me ahead. And uh, uh, Because I guess they, they have like the list, obviously, when you enter Switzerland about yeah. cor- uh, countries that are like the red zones where you yeah. have to quarantine when you enter. Yeah. And I guess obviously they know Canada wasn't on that list. So I guess they didn't ask, but it's still kind of I a think, little bit. Sus- I think the funny thing suspicious, you know? is I think the list is only countries that are worse than Switzerland. And there's not a lot of countries like that. right now. <laughs> so, you For know, real. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. But yeah, man, I'm back home. It's been a minute. Everybody who knows me knows it's been a good year and a half since I've been home. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm just doing my quarantine, which is interesting. And then, uh, you know, just dealing with it, man. What about you, bro? You're back up in Germany, reconnecting with the family and such. How has that been? Yeah, so I'm back in Cologne, hometown where I was born at mm. and lived for eight years. But it's also been a long time since I've been back here. I have a lot of family from my dad's side that's over here. Mm. Mm. And it's been over what, like 
four or five years ever since I left to go to school in the States. I haven't been here. Mm. And um, a crazy thing that actually happened is I reconnected with a friend that I went to kindergarten with in first and second grade. <laughs> no way. That's amazing. And I have not seen him since a good 11 years, 11 or 12 years. He visited mm. one time when my family first moved to Switzerland. He was there in that first year, but afterwards, because, you know, when you're so young, contact like falls apart and stuff. But For sure. the crazy thing is it was my second year up at high school at Loomis. And then suddenly I got a request. Somebody was following me. Shout out to Alex. Okay. And I just remember that day where I got like a whole flashback. I was like, no way. Like, I remember him from kindergarten. No way. He like followed me and stuff. Mm -hmm. and then I um, kind of we stayed in contact a little bit the last few years here and there exchanged some stories and then when I got here to Cologne I um sent him a text I told him I was back in the city and then we reconnected again which was That's insane crazy bro he must have been shocked he was like who's this tall ass motherfucker yeah <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't Man, seen you since the, you were a kid and the funny thing is bro they called back because you know my middle name is Ishima yeah and in kindergarten my nickname was Ishi because really? I went by Ishima Okay. And I have not heard had anybody besides like my mom call me that name. Yeah. And right when I got there, he's like, yo, Ishii, how are you? Like the gates in German. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And man, it was like a whole trip down memory lane. That's crazy. That's funny because now everybody calls you Addy. So you went from Ishii to Addy. <laughs> That's crazy. And then like that whole period in between. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, man. It's always good to reconnect with people. Yeah. yeah. It's uh it's a good thing to do nowadays. Now that I'm back in Switzerland, I'll, you know, within, uh, you know, reason, I'll make an effort to see a couple of people that uh, I haven't seen in a while, obviously. Yeah. Which will be good, man, because who knows when, you know, it might be another six months before I get the chance to see everybody. So, I mean, even yeah. you and me, we, we've been doing this podcast. I haven't actually, like, we haven't seen each other. Yeah, we haven't before. met. It kind of turned out kind of, it sucked because right when you got to Switzerland is when I left and then... Yeah. Right when I come back, I'll only ha we'll only have like a few days pretty much before yeah. I have to leave again. Yeah, we'll have to make something happen, man. But it's crazy. It's uh yeah, it's been a crazy time, man. But uh I think people people have heard enough enough COVID talks. Let's uh, Yeah, enough COVID talk. Let's, let's, let's switch up the topic real quick. Um on this podcast, we're all about sports, you know. We've had a uh, one basketball player on, we got another one hosting. Uh NBA starting back up talk to me bro what's on your mind oh man it's been amazing preseason started now um you know we went through the draft the draft happened i think like almost a month ago now yeah, it's, it's been really exciting oh, because yeah. a lot of the kids now that got drafted are kids we kind of grew up on watching like their balls life mixed yeah and exactly that. bro it's pretty so it's like our generation you know like yeah. kids are our age for example Lamelo ball drafted now by the Hornets just been insane to kind of watch his transformation and his growth from this scrawny little freshman kid with yeah. this crazy hairdo yeah. to now <laughs> being a professional NBA player we we it's crazy we really seen LaMelo grow up like he, he was a whole mm -hmm. ass kid back when we when he was at um uh Chino Hills and Chino he had that Hills, 100 yeah. point game he was pulling up from half court <laughs> 
playing no types yeah, of defense. Yeah, that was bro, cherry picking. That was, a, that was a disrespectful team, man. Because they had the three ball brothers, and I'm pretty sure uh, Onyeka Okongwu. Onyeka Okongwu yeah, he was on that well, team. Who got That's drafted. a crazy. Imagine you're like 14 years old and you come across these kids, man. Like, Yeah, but it's been pretty crazy to see. I mean, I watched the highlights now from the first two games of him against mm. the Raptors. Um, obviously, he's been all over social media. The first game, yeah. he had zero yeah. points, but um, ESPN overtime, all of them made sure to show every single oh, highlight sure, of this guy. Sure. Every pass, every time he touches the ball. <laughs> uh, the but uh, no, I think he's going to be very promising. It's going to be good to see him play. I think he'll fit the system well because he's a really good pass first point mm-hmm. guard, you know, makes mm-hmm. a lot of plays for his teammates. And he'll get to learn from Devontae Graham and Terry yeah. Rozier as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know how many veteran players the Hornets have that he can get advice from. I know they got Biombo on that team. but That's uh, my guy. That's your guy, yeah. <laughs> Bro, he got the bag a couple of years ago, and he disappeared ever since then. <laughs> Bro, ever since he yeah. had that game where he had like four points, yeah. 26 rebounds yeah, against the Cavs. Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, LaMelo, LaMelo will be nice, man. He's, I mean, people always said he was the best of the three um speaking of ball brothers the pistons they uh bro they drop leangelo ball this is like basketball talk the people who don't know what's going on might not get this but they drop they they signed leangelo and then they dropped them again before this guy even touched the nba court and that's like what that's, are your thoughts about that man think? so see there's there's two two things i have to say about so one I think that sucks because, like, it's preseason, you know. Let this man at least mm-hmm. – like, that's a dream for pretty much everybody who goes through basketball. Let this man at least get yeah. on the floor, you know, get a couple minutes, get a couple of shots up, you know. You don't have to drop him like that. Like, give him a chance, you know. Why even sign mm-hmm. him if you're not going to play him? Um, The other thing is, like, yeah, like, it's the Pistons, bro. Like, they're not going to be that good, you know. Give the man yeah, some that's run. that's what I'm saying. It's not like... like they're out here competing for a chip and they need to build a perfect team. Like, you guys aren't winning, bro. You know, like just uh, let Lamelo hop on, or let uh, Leangelo hop on. You know, like he could have been on the court with D Rose. Like, come on, yeah, come on, Blake Griffin with Blake. Yeah. yeah, so that was disappointing. Um, you know, I'm sure. Who are some? Who are some rookies you're looking forward to to watching this season? Besides, like mm-hmm. Melo, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean. I'm hyped to watch Anthony Edwards just because I'm hyped to... I'm a big D'Angelo Russell fan, so I'm hyped to see him on that team with them together. And it'll be interesting to see how Edwards plays because, you know, there is so much debate over is he going to play defense? Does he really want to hoop? And uh, I found the whole does he really want to hoop argument a bit silly because I was like, you don't go through through a top school and be a top player and scorer in the country if you don't really want to hoop. You know what I mean? Like, he's obviously... He's there and he's committed and they just like yeah. to throw these things out. Create a narrative, you know what I mean? I I thought that was very disrespectful because yeah. you're undermining all of the sacrifices this yeah, kid has made say, ever since preschool, whenever he started playing basketball. Yeah. You know? I was, that like, whole bro, narrative is ridiculous. Like, how, who are you to say he doesn't love basketball? Exactly, that's what I'm clearly saying. It's been like, working for him. If he didn't want to hoop, he wouldn't be hooping. Like nobody who makes it to the league or who makes it that far is not committed like it takes an unreal amount of commitment so it's just it was a narrative it was like they couldn't find that much wrong with his game so they had to pull stuff from off the court you know because there's always something they got to pick at with every top prospect and every top player but i'm I'm hyped to see him um i'm kind of hyped to see cole anthony too that's a bit more Mm, of a one but he had a good game the other day yeah picked up by orlando he uh he was he you know 
he he was a nice little prospect. I I see a lot of his workouts with Chris Brickley on Instagram, so mm. I became exposed to him a lot through that. And obviously, he was at UNC, but didn't really get like a proper season. Um, so I'm excited to see him. Who else we got coming in that I'm looking forward to? I think a sleeper that people are sleeping on is um Denny Avdia. Oh yes, yes, that was from Israel, guy. who's on the Wizards. This yeah. guy, I watched the game when they were playing the Nets. He's almost 6'10", can really handle the ball. He's yeah, bringing it up bro. the court. Yeah. And high IQ player. Like, he's making high the right IQ. passes, right plays. Doesn't yeah. make a lot of mistakes. He was and strapped up that man, game. I don't think he missed a shot. Like, he was tough. No, nah, he went, like, 6-for-6 yeah. six or yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be watching the Wizards next year, bro. Because you got him and Rui Hachimura as the young boys. Yeah. And then Bradley Beal and now Russell Westbrook, which is Russell uh, Westbrook. Yeah. interesting. Um. I was a, I'm a big John Wall fan, so I was excited to see Wall come back. He's with the Rockets yeah. now, so still hyped to have him back. Um, I think he's a top five point guard when he's healthy, for sure. Yeah, especially now, I, a lot of his highlights, like he's been shooting well too and stuff, mm, yeah, which will open up his game a lot more. So. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's coming off injury, but bro, people disrespect. People don't remember how tough John Wall was. And like, this guy's a top defensive point guard too like how many guys can you say that about like he really clamps up and then he comes at you so yeah denny denny adida that'll be i'm hyped to see him for sure man yeah who what about you who else you who else you taking a look at coming in him um guy who's impressed me too is isaac okoro Mm. he's on the Cavs. obviously like the Cavs (laughs) are the Cavs. nobody's really going to be watch him no disrespect yeah. obviously to cleveland cavaliers fans but yeah 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 you know their team is like i don't even know how many games they even have on national television this season but yeah they got an interesting group he is a really good like really strong build you know plays good defense he locks up yeah he can no, score the ball too he'll be interesting he... he's paired up with um my boy don maker Oh, yeah, Don Maker's on it. Because I was going to say, they got Colin Sexton and Darius Garland as well. So they got an yeah. interesting group of, uh, of, young boys, <laughs> of young boys. Yeah. But um, well, I'm just trying to get my drapes right because obviously new location, trying to get the uh, visual right for the podcast. But um, okay. I also go Koro. Obi Toppin on the Knicks. Don't know how much Knicks mm. basketball I'm going to be watching. But, um, you know, yeah. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a I think it'll be a, a hype season, man. I mean, obviously you had some trades too. You had some mm-hmm. big signings. Giannis re-signed with Milwaukee, which I'm very happy about. Yeah, same. I'm very happy about that. Enough of this teaming up, jumping to other teams, and you know, yeah. not that I'm complaining because the Lakers got Anthony Davis out of it. But yeah, <laughs> back I'm to I'm tired back. of the Lakers just getting whoever they want, man. They've just this offseason, how were they able to get all those guys for pretty much Bro, nothing? the Lakers made the best moves they could have made. I mean, Dennis Schroeder was huge. Montrez Harrell, I mean, the Clippers are, a, 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 you know, they were uh, – Clippers are an interesting case. You know? And I just – I don't know. It's funny now because now you see the comments. Like, Paul George is saying, like, you know, like, I'm coming different this year. Like, I've been working. I've been doing this. I'm like, first of all, obviously he's going to say that before the season. Um Second of all, like man, you you guys blew it last year, bro. Like they did, yeah. They, they blew it bad. Up three one against the Nuggets and then choking like that, bro. Playoff P, come on, man. 
Pandemic P, yeah. <laughs> way off P. Like, Man, off the crazy. backboard, Paul off George. The backboard, yeah. No, it's uh yeah, it's 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 funny. I used to be a big Paul George fan. No, maybe a little bit less I mean, so. Something I wanted to ask you too. This is pretty interesting. I've been thinking about this a lot recently. It's like mm-hmm. what role do you think like the media has in creating certain narratives about guys? Because oh, for man. example, with Paul George, you have it and then Kyrie Irving especially is another big example because he got fined for not wanting to talk to the media. Yeah. Because he sees them, he kind of labeled them as pawns, you know, trying to script guys mm-hmm. in a certain role and portray them in a certain way. I mean, uh, on on uh, with Kyrie, I think, I don't know, Kyrie's a bit of a weird guy for sure. I think you, he should talk to the media. Like, yes, it's a pain, but everybody does it. Everybody's got to do it. You know, it's just engage um you know it's part of your job you know you get paid like millions of dollars to play basketball you can deal with a couple of journalists yeah that being said on your point about the media creating narrative like that's huge man i mean if you watch any media and this goes beyond sports but specifically within sports if you go across any espn any sort of media outlet like oh they just thrive on narratives bro like if they yeah they I, love to that's create. how they generate income bit, exactly much, but, and yeah. especially nowadays it's so clickbaity and so based on you know whatever i mean you take take a show like um take somebody like skip bayless you know what i mean yeah skip bayless has been talking shit for years he talks so much that I really, I, there's no way he believes what he says when it comes to LeBron, <laughs> when it comes to Aaron. There's no way. But people no way. click on it and they put yeah. him and Shannon Sharp together to make sure that they're opposites on every topic. Because people want that. They want this, these narratives and these rivalries and this, you know, this, uh, I think it's a bit silly because it goes beyond news and it's just looking for the next um, next piece of or next piece of news or next thing going on and they blow things out of proportion, I think. And, you know, I mean, how many times do you hear about, oh, there's beef in the locker room. There's this, there's that. And they're shocked that these guys have arguments. I'm like, bro, like they play sports together. What do you think? Like, if you haven't, like, if you play yeah. sports, you're going to fight with your teammates, man. Like, that's just how it is when you're competitive. You know, it's just how you get past yeah. it. And, you know, if you win or if you can't grow past it, but the media just loves to, uh, you know, add fuel to the fire and to, you know try to incite and you know it's just the industry you can't i don't know if you can blame them but it's just how the industry is nowadays and yeah. people people want like these easy clickbait articles you know what i mean exactly, they want their quick yeah. trade rumors and everything like that so you know that's the thing too like the way we consume news a lot of times is because we have such short attention spans now yeah. as a media outlet you need to have those clickbaity things those exactly. quick hard one-liners that will draw people in and I think it, what it's, they want it's unfair. It's unfair to the young to younger players. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you know, you look at how quickly guys are labeled busts, and they come in with these high expectations, and then they're immediately chucked aside and you know forgotten about. And uh, it's you know, it's more. I think it's more nuanced than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a lot of pressure too, because huge there's not pressure. a lot of privacy anymore for, especially for example, for athletes. While we're on this topic. Because yeah. your life is being documented and observed 24-7. You can't oh, even yeah. be on social media. And, for example, like a post without it being questioned. You yeah. Know I mean? yeah. So I think every single move you make, you're on high alert. And you're just tough. watching yourself. I mean, you got to remember at this point, these kids coming in are younger than you and me. You know, like yeah. these are the league. It's a lot of exposure. It's a tough thing to deal with that, you know, I can't even imagine what it's like. 
you know, you got a million things on your mind. And at the same time, you still got to play basketball and produce because that's what it's really yeah. all about. Um, I think some players handle it better than others, for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it's just part of the age we live in, man. I mean, news is so sensationalized, too. Everything is everything got to be quick and fast and hard hitting and, you know, the next big scoop and uh the only that's why the only big scoops I want are my Woj bombs. That's the only thing I wait. For. <laughs> when I get that it. notification, Woj is just yeah. tweeted. Yeah, I never unlocked my phone that fast before, bro. Oh yeah, it's because you know it's true too. If this man says something, it's facts. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. It's crazy. This guy makes a career off of like one month in the year where everything goes on, and he just. <laughs> He just knows everything that's popping. I mean, you've seen, I'm sure people have seen the, you probably saw this, the video of him taking a phone call when he was on an interview with ESPN. <laughs> like, yes, man. No, I didn't see, wait, I actually never saw You didn't saw see this? Was he, was, uh, he was on a, a TV interview or something like uh-huh. that. I think this was around the draft and his phone starts ringing and then just, man, just takes the call in the middle of the interview and he's like, yo, I got to take this. And he just dips, you know, another, <laughs> another woge bomb coming. I'm like, man, you're really making a living off of this, this one he exciting really side of it. Yeah, bro. But yeah. uh, I'm 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 excited for the NBA, man. I think it'll be a good Same. season. I'm always hyped for sports, you know. I'm, I keep up with football and with soccer, but uh, basketball is where it's at for sure. So, facts. Um, enough talk with basketball. You know, listeners might be a bit bored now having us. You know, yeah, talk some about people are gonna be day. like, "What did these guys just talk about?" Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm playing. But um, let's segue into music a little bit. What's been in your rotation oh. currently? I know there's been a lot of good music coming out recently. Let me, you know, I got to take a look at my Spotify for this. My music's been, uh, as always, very all over the place. A real mix okay. of things. I know there's been a couple of new albums. I know Jack Harlow had a new album. Kid Cudi had a new yeah. album. How, how'd you feel about those? Um, I really like Kid Cudi's, was it Man on the Moon 3? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, really, really good album. The production level is insane. Mm. Like going up from like tequila shots to transition to transitions yeah. on it, and you're just feeling like you're in a whole vibe. I really have to say I was really impressed by it. And obviously it's a classic, but when Kid Cudi hums on a song, yeah, of course. You man. already know it's about to be fun. The Kid Cudi album was nice because it was kind of nostalgic, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. was, you know, it's Kid Cudi, it's just the way he used to be kind of but uh I can't say I've listened to it too much. I did really like Show Out with Skepta and Pop Smoke. I mean, I'm a big Skepta guy. I also love my yeah. Pop Smoke, so that was perfect for me. But, that was uh, crazy, too, um, hearing Cuddy on, like, a pure just trap mm, beat, mm, you know, like going Like a drill in. beat almost, yeah. I liked yeah. it. It worked, honestly. And uh, like I said, I love Skepta. What about the the Jack Harlow album? What did you think of that? Um, I listened to it a little bit. I like Jack Harlow, honestly, to be, yeah, to be quite frank. Um, ever since obviously what's popping was this song that kind of put him on the map for me yeah yeah but also with him I was really impressed about how versatile he is you know I kind of thought he was going to be like a one-trick pony for sure for sure in the album for example like cream I think was one of the songs where he like completely switches his flows yeah man he has a lot of different melodies that he plays around with yeah, I'm just taking. He had the song with Bryson Tiller on there. Obviously, you know I was all over that. That's my, that's my guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was a nice little album. It was a uh, you know not amazing, but it had a couple of bangers. But then it had a nice enough mix so that it didn't just sound like he's just pandering for whatever gets played on the radio or whatever. So that was solid. I listened to that. 
listened to a lot of NBA Youngboy lately. That's uh, mm, okay. I've been I've been big on <laughs> I've been big on Youngboy. Like, uh, admittedly, I was a bit late to the wave, but this last mm-hmm. year I've listened to him. A lot. I listened to him a bit before that, but this last year, two years, is when I listened to him the most. Um, yeah. I do like my Youngboy, my NBA Youngboy, and uh, what else has been on there? Like, is it? predominantly like rap trap because i know you have a lot of different genres yeah so that's the thing like Like, your music taste is very diverse that's the thing i made a playlist uh for the flight over um and i just put together a bunch of random music and it was i mean i was pulling out it kind of just happened randomly as well it's not like i created intentionally saying oh i'm I'm gonna pull out this type of music it just kind of worked together what i was doing Mm -hmm. was i was finding a lot of hip-hop songs that sampled old shit, you know, like old soul or old okay. R&B or whatever. And then I was going back and finding the original songs, the original samples and, you know, finding other stuff by the artists and such. Like I had, I mean, some of these guys I hadn't even heard of before, but like Isaac Hayes, Ronnie Foster, I had on there, Roy Ayers, I've been listening to a lot. Mm. And then, you know, I came back with like the Kate Trinata and the J. Cole and the yeah. Erica Badu and, you know, Marvin Gaye and, it was just, uh, I don't know, it was cool because it was, I had Pink Floyd on there. Like, it was a real mixture of things, which is kind of representative of what I've been listening to for the last, uh, you know, year. So I think when my Spotify rap came out, it was pretty much all hip hop. And that is what yeah. I listened to the most. Like, I think three of my top five songs were Pop Smoke. And I was like, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. But yeah. I find that I'm still pulling out like a lot of like, old school r&b i go into a little bit of old rock specifically like british rock like the police and stuff like that mm-hmm. i listen to a decent amount of like like house and you know electronic and stuff like that grime yeah. rap everything man which is i don't know i enjoy diving into everything and uh you know like you said i think that's the beauty about like music and especially like I have to say Spotify allows you to discover and find mm. a lot of artists from all these vast varieties of genres. Yeah, I think uh, something I enjoy doing, for example, too, is like, I'll just make a playlist, you know, or whatever, add mm. songs and then the suggestions. I'll just listen exactly. to all of the ones that pop up. Yeah. And I've discovered so many crazy songs just off that. Stuff that you would never hear about. Or like you go to a song radio or something and there's so many uh, just songs that you you wouldn't find normally you know and it's it's, yeah. it's it's great to be able to find music because i do definitely it's easy to get caught in like listening to the same stuff over and over which is fine mm-hmm. especially if it's like stuff that you really like but i also like i really enjoy you know like there's just like that different feeling when you find something new and you're like yo this slaps like i haven't yeah. heard this before but this is amazing especially when it's not necessarily something that everybody hears all the time you know it's exciting when it's something a bit low-key and uh yeah you know a bit more not underground but less known i suppose and it makes you kind of enjoy it too because then you're kind of there early on like the stage of the artist you know for example if the artist also kind of lesser known exactly. you're kind of on that journey with them you know yeah yeah man for for me i mean you got to tell me who it was for you but for me specifically i had three artists that i came on to super early and it was hype seeing them blow up and it was gold link was one it mm-hmm. was uh dave east was one and it was max O'Cream. Yeah. And I'd say I got into the, all of them like a good couple of years ago, like going back to high school, like before they really had, I think before any of them had like a major label album or anything like that, like they didn't have a big hit out yet. It was just like mixtapes and low key and watching. Yeah. It's fun to listen to them create new music and evolve and, you know, 
to 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 be able to enjoy that process with the artist and you know then everybody else starts talking about them you're like bro i've been on this like what are you talking about like Like, come on man that's like the flex when you're like man i've been hurt this guy (laughs) man you know it's like all those people that are always like that wait when you're always like yo man like i don't mess with that new stuff like i'm more of an old school kind of guy like back his old stuff was way better yeah i wouldn't say i'm like that because (laughs) <laughs> music is so subjective you yeah. know like everything sounds good to somebody like there's no you know better or worse music it's just like you like what you like and i love new stuff and i love old stuff and i love the stuff in between and uh you know i'll go and listen to jack boy and then i'll go back and i'll listen to uh you know fucking tupac i don't know or <laughs> pink floyd or you know yeah Aaliyah. like i'll, I'll listen to whatever man there's I hate when people are like, it's a, yeah, it's exactly what you said. It's the people who are like, yo, the old stuff was so much better. Like, it's not the same now. He's not the same. He changed. I'm like, yeah, good. He changed. I didn't want to be listening yeah, like, to the same exactly. shit for years and years. Like, he got to evolve. You know what I mean? Otherwise, yeah. you know, I might as well listen to the old album because the new one sounds exactly the same. This is like exactly. the baby. I don't even listen to the baby's new albums because they're the same as the old ones. You know? That, I, I always know, like. The flow will just always be yeah, the same. Man. The song title is the only thing that really changes. Yeah, man. But who is who is it for you that you've kind of like grown with, I suppose, and seen develop as an artist? I think you're going to, the listeners are going to like this story too. Um, it's got to be Joey Badass. Ooh, yeah. So when I tell you back in, oh man, was this, I think 2015, Joey Badass had just released 1999, his debut mm. mixtape. And he was only like 17 or something. And I remember you were, you came up to me one day and you were like, yo, bro, like you got to listen to this new Joey Badass. (laughs) And I went on, bro, I went on like datpiff.com. Datpiff.com. Yo, real ones remember datpiff.com. Because you could not even get it. This wasn't like no Spotify, Apple Music or anything. So I downloaded it and I had the small iPod Nano clip where, you know, I just put everything on there. And I remember I would go outside my backyard and just play basketball and have it on repeat the whole time. And then he even came to Switzerland we, that year. I was going to say, we saw him when he came live. And that was before he dropped his debut album or anything. Before that was a real he dropped his show. debut album, yeah. small show, the venue, bro. How many people in there? Max, like, yeah, like not even six, 200 people. How am I, bro? I don't know. It was Max really Max even small. like 100. Because we were at... Yeah. I mean, if people in, in Zurich know this, we were at uh, Complex uh, near Hardpucke, but we weren't at the mm-hmm. main stage. We were in the basement. Like, that's how small it was. Yeah. We were in the basement by the bar. There was maybe, like, max 100 people in there, and we were right. It was, yeah, that was, was crazy, man. That was amazing. Like that was It amazing. was crazy because he was there with um, Kirk Knight from Pro Era was also yes. there. Yes, Yo, that's nice. And, man, he put – I remember listening to that 1999 mixtape and just yeah. falling in love with his music oh, and then yeah. getting to see him live was insane because he would play some of the songs that were on his debut album he was mm-hmm. like yo guys like you guys are the first people that li- yeah. are listening to this now yeah. and stuff and his growth now has just been insane to watch you know he's yeah like, no, i love joy badass that's true that that yeah. concert was amazing i think that was i think that was the third concert i'd ever been to in my life and it was mm-hmm. a, a great time joy badass yeah bro <laughs> I love that you mentioned that piff because <laughs> Spotify before all that used to get the mixtapes from that piff, bro. Ooh, man. That was where Meek Mill was dropping dream chasers. That was where 
Bro, Wayne. Wayne. Oh my God, that piss. And I remember they would like, you know how, for example, now like you can be like platinum certified, you know, yeah. artists when they sell like a certain amount of X records, yeah. gold, yeah. whatever. But on that pip, they had a system where they'd have a trophy next to the mixtape, yes, yes, which would yes. also be like gold yeah. or platinum and stuff. Yeah. And I remember I would just click on a link on an album, and if it was like platinum, I'd be like, "Yo, I have to listen to this. Like, yeah, this might bro. be crazy. Yo, yo." I think the Meek Mill. I'm pretty sure you put me onto the Dream Chasers, the first one when it came out. That was what really got me yeah. into that piff. And then he came out with two and three, and that piff was free back then as well. I mean, I think it still yeah. is, but it's less. Now everybody just puts their mixtapes on Spotify because streaming services have blown up. But before that, like streaming services weren't that big. This was around what, 2013, 2014? Yeah, like 2013, 14. You know? So otherwise you were listening to music on YouTube or you had to either pirate it um, or you had to buy it off iTunes. And that pitch mm-hmm. just gave you all this free music. And yeah, bro, that's, that's, that's a crazy throwback. I hope some people yeah. listening know about that. You, oh man i hope so because that piff is like that piff soundcloud kind of like that's when it started to shift towards like heavy streaming services yeah, yeah. and then the whole spotify apple music thing just happened so quick that whole yeah, man. shift to just listening to everything digitally because bro like remember when we used to even have cds and then we'd get like burner cds for example where you would have an album that you bought and i would get a burner cd go to your crib at a sleepover and we'd just be burning cds over and over again i remember this we would be sending each other the mp3s and burning cds and uh i still got my cd collection here man like i got i got a like a solid like 40 or 50 cds or so that i picked up over the years um and it's like Streaming's amazing because it's so easy and you have like a world of music at your fingertips. But uh, like having the physical CD or even a vinyl, if you get lucky enough. Is yeah. Amazing. Like I remember you bought me an, an Illmatic vinyl, a Nas Illmatic vinyl back in the day. Yeah. That's still like a, a treasured possession, you know what I mean? Because it's just different to hold it in your hands, you know? Like yeah. you, there's a big difference between putting hopping on Spotify and then where you take the vinyl and you put it on a vinyl player and you play that. It's just different, man. It's crazy. It's, it's funny because we look at it now and we're like, this is so vintage and cool. And who would have thought yeah. it? back in the day? Like my dad was, that's how he listened to music. Probably the yeah. same for your parents, bro. Like, you know, which I think, is, I think is sick to be honest. Yeah. Honestly, it's amazing. It's crazy. We talk about vinyls because yesterday i was at a vinyl record store here in cologne with my dad we walked in there and it shows you the true passion that people have for the art of music you know what i mean mm-hmm. like they're true collectors and people that just enjoy the culture to their fullest so he walked in the store and one of the guys that owned the store he might be in like his 40s now just had a massive massive room just full of vinyls everywhere, decoration. He would have signed vinyls from artists that would come to play shows at Cologne, in Cologne, at festivals, et cetera. And he'd go there and get their vinyls signed and he'd hang them up. And it's just so beautiful getting to really look at an album cover in a different way. Because now when you look at them digitally, you don't even really recognize or even cherish them that much anymore. Not for sure. But having like a physical copy in front of you really is just different that's definitely one of my goals like when i'm you know older and have like an established place and such to start building a vinyl and cd collection yeah that's uh 
that's something I want to do, man. I get the classics too, you know, like the old Stevie Wonder and the old Marvin Gaye and the Otis Reddings and, and yeah. those OG ones. Bro, the store yesterday, they had like Aretha Franklin, like the yeah, OG yeah, covers, yeah. Tribe yeah. Called Quest, Kim, yeah, Eric B. Like those yeah. are, uh, that's just amazing to have. And I think, yeah. I think it's so, because I mentioned how before I was like, finding hip-hop songs and then going back to the original samples i think it's actually so cool one of the, some of the most fun moments i have in music this will i'll sound like a real music geek but i am to be honest I don't even care. <laughs> like when you listen to an old song and you're like yo i've heard this before and then you realize it's been sampled in a newer song i don't know mm-hmm. it's just it's it's really sick to see the connection and how they pull from old music and I think that's something that's a bit less common now because a lot more music is made from scratch and they're just like, you know, you get your trap beats and such. But when you do, like when people do pull out old samples, like some guys, I mean, Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole do this all the time and they're just two examples. Fantastic. So sick, you know, like I pulled out a song that J. Cole sampled from A Tribe Called Quest that A Tribe Called Quest sampled from another old R&B artist. So like three different generations of music. And it was just so sick to hear it, the same melody and the same music incorporated in three different but similar ways, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I find that really enjoyable to go through. It's like a whole, yeah, exactly. Like you said, like, it's like a whole journey you're basically going through. Like a, You're like a historian kind of, it yeah. sounds a bit crazy. Like some yeah. people might be like, man, what are you saying? It's true. Like a historian kind of like learning about all these different artists through the samples. Yeah. And kind of learning about those eras in a way too, which is I think so wonderful that music is just able to be an outlet for something like that. Yeah, man. No, music, uh, man, music and sports probably two of the biggest things in my life have been for years, mm-hmm. and uh, I spend like an obscene amount of time listening to music. Um, Same. Which is, uh, yeah, man, going like the experience of going. I think concerts is one of the biggest things that I've missed um mm-hmm. of covid you know like i miss concerts concerts are such a experience you know like when you're talking about the joy badass like i remember that concert perfectly you know what i mean i remember See. moments i remember things happening i remember when the you were already tall back then like <laughs> you were already tall and you were standing next to like this real short latino dude oh yeah and he was looking at you and he was like yo what the fuck like <laughs> What's going right, on? I was like, we were like, what? We were like 14 Yeah, something. we were kids. 13, man. 14 kids. back yeah. then. Yeah. And I remember, I think he even like tapped me. He's like, yo, bro, like move, please. Yeah, because you were blocking him because you were so tall. Yeah, bro. That kills me, man. Concerts. What, concerts. What do you think or what has been like your favorite concert that you've ever been to? See, Okay. It might be, it's actually a festival. So it might be a bit, do I have to go like a single show or does the festival count? Cause no, you can, you can say a festival. The easy, the best music experience I've had was um, when I went down to Biel Wapun in the middle okay, of Okay, wait, for the listeners, please, you got to describe what that was like because, and listen, describe Biel, please. Because listen, I don't think there is, there is now. nothing there. There is nothing there. Me and my boys, uh, Kyle and Cam, we caught a train down to near i want to say basel i think and then we got off at beal 
which is already a tiny city. And then we took a bus to Orpund and like there is nothing in Orpund. Like there is actually nothing. Like there is, I think there was one McDonald's in the town. There there was a little park, very scenic and beautiful. Like, cause it was, um, a, it's by a lake right next to the mountains. So you sit at the lake and you have this amazing, and we were, we were just walking around before the, the show started and you sit at the lake and you have this amazing view across the lake and then you got some mountains on the it's like it's like what everybody who doesn't go to switzerland thinks switzerland looks like you know oh yeah it was exactly like that like (laughs) so it's beautiful and but there is nothing there and we really came to realize this at night so what had happened was um this is a funny story We, we went we went to the shows we went there for one day we saw uh clear soul forces this like underground group we saw the alchemist perform which is probably the greatest piece of music that i've ever been part of in my life like i was on another galaxy for that um spiritually and uh, everything else <laughs> i was Let him know. So, we saw freddie gibbs and we saw dave east da- freddie gibbs was the last and he finished uh after midnight like around 1am or something and so we like we were far from zurich and there were no trains going back you know, like it was late. Mm-hmm. So we had to spend the night in Auckland. Now, once night comes, comes like we, I'm ex- we are exhausted by this point, bro. Like a day, a day wears you out. Like, and when you have a lot going on and you've just been moving around and doing things and, you know, engaging in such all day, like you are yeah. exhausted. The shows were incredible. We were front stage for everything, but nighttime comes and we're like, okay, we have seven, eight hours to kill until the first train at like 8.30 a.m. So what are we going to do? Damn. So, and you guys in mind, you guys are basically like in the middle of nowhere. We're right? in the, so this is the thing. We realize that there's actually nowhere to go. And so our dumb asses are like, yo, let's just go back to the park we were at before and let's just sleep in the park all night. We'll be fine. <laughs> so we go to, we go to the park. It is, yo, it is pitch black. Like I can't see anything. Man. And we end up, uh, we find like a little, bench wall area and we sleep yeah. there and i'm sleeping on the grass it's cold and it's not it's not a good time but we're just so tired i'm not feeling good i got a crazy headache when i go to sleep so i wake up i had this pasta right before we left the festival I chundi oh no i chundi <laughs> pasta it's this is like a 3 3 a.m so it's only been like an hour and a half two hours of sleeping it's like 3 30 a.m yeah. or something i chundi that whole pasta me and the boys look at each other and they're like yo we gotta go like this, we can't do this for another four or five hours. Like this park is killing us. You know, we'll, we'll get, bro, we were sleeping. We're stupid too. We were sleeping next to the lake. Somebody could have pulled up, robbed us and chucked our dumb asses in the lake. We would have done nothing about it. Like we were out of it. So we, we started walking back. We're like, there must be something in the city we can find. So we start walking back over. Out of nowhere, a dog barks. I'm talking like an angry bark. I'm talking like a, like a fucking Rottweiler coming to tear your ass up. Yeah. Like oh, hell and it's no. pitch black. It's pitch black. Yeah. And all three of us shit ourselves. And we're like, yo, we got to go now. Like, <laughs> not how I'm trying to go. Not killed by a dog in a park in Beale. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah, in Beale. Oh. yeah bro. So we, we so what happened? You guys there. just ran away? Oh, we just ran. Like we, 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 we set it off. And we, <laughs> we ran to the train station. And there were a couple... You know, there were benches on the train station. We were like, okay, looks like this is the next spot we're posting up at. So we go to sleep on the benches. It's completely silent. There's nobody around. Um, 
And we sleep on the benches for like another hour. At this point, it's like 4 a.m. And we're like, uh, you know, like, like we can't do this. Like this is unbelievable. I'm going to break my back lying on these benches. And I'm pretty sure it was either Kyle or Cam was lying on the floor, like of the platform, <laughs> just dying. So we go on. We're like, okay, time to go on a trek. We go on, on Google Maps to try to find things. There's not a single thing open. There is, there's not even a McDonald's. Like nothing is open except for one bar. So we trek across the little city of Opund and we find, <laughs> or, or, or of Beale, and we find this bar and we go in. I, I straight up, I just pass out. Like I just fall asleep on the table. And I think Kyle and Cam got a beer and I'm just asleep. And then we wake up at like, I wake up at like seven. We walk over to the train station. We catch the train, pass out on the train. It was, it was one of the longest nights of my life. But yeah. uh, man, it was so worth it because the actual, the festival was, was phenomenal. I mean, every show was great. We were front row for every single performance. That's crazy. It was, uh, it was definitely worth it. And you know, the night is, that was just part of the fun. Like it was just it's like one I of mean, those... that's like a whole experience. I guess a moment exactly. of a lifetime. You, you know look I mean? back on it, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to be posted up somewhere cozy and cushy to have a good time. Like, we were like, damn, yeah, I felt like shit at the time. But looking back on it, it was like, yo, this was an experience. Like, this was, this yeah. was a good time. So <laughs> in, in terms of music experiences, that's definitely the best I've been to, like, yeah. as, a, as a whole. You know what I mean? That's dope, man. Damn. What about you, bro? When I think about it, like, I don't think I've ever gone through something as crazy as you have, but um, I mean, growing up, like I was always around music because of my family. Mm. So obviously I'd be at like shows and stuff like that because of my dad when he'd perform mm. and like festivals and stuff. Yeah, because your dad's a, your dad is a musician. Talk, talk to us mm. about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he's a musician in Nigeria mm. and a really sick part about it is getting to experience like, the whole cultural movement that he's gone through because he, mm. honestly he was one of the first his album he produced with one of his with two of his um friends back in like the early 90s mm. is considered as one of the earliest rap hip-hop albums in germany mm. Mm. which is pretty crazy so yeah i've just always been kind of around that whole culture of different festivals etc and the craziest I guess concert though for myself personally, I'd have to say was J. Cole Forest Hills Drive tour when he came to Zurich as well yeah, back I remember in. That. Yeah. When we went as well, we were like in a whole group with some yeah. other friends. Yeah. And I think that was just incredible because J. Cole had already back then been my favorite artist. But getting to see him live right in mm -hmm. front of you. It's just something else. And once again, because this was like right when he dropped the album. So he wasn't, that's like when he started to become like critically acclaimed and started rising up. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't at the level he is now, you know, where oh, everyone's yeah. just like, yo, yeah. cool. Like, I think that album, that album kind of did it for him. You know, that, I mean? that was exactly, that album was yeah. the one that did it for him. But yeah. the craziest part about it was that he was there too with his whole Dreamville crew. Yes. So after the concert was done, boss and omen went and out from the side and they took yeah. was he also taking pictures with people I don't actually remember. i don't think cause was taking. i think it might have just been boss and omen i think you might be right yeah yeah i remember they were on the side and they're like yo we'll be taking pictures with fans yeah. afterwards yeah. Yeah. and i remember standing in the line there and i got a picture with boss 
on my like Samsung Galaxy like S3 yeah. or whatever back then. But then I lost the phone. Now I have the picture. Bro, anymore. I got a picture with Boss. I think I still have the picture with Omen. I got a picture with Boss and I lost it, which is a shame. I love Boss. But that, yeah, that was an amazing. For people who haven't, J. Cole is very good live. Like he put on mm-hmm. an excellent show. He performed the whole album start to finish. And he just did such a good job of making it an intimate performance. Yeah. You know, like he was doing songs like when he did Apparently or Love Yours. I was like, man, like, you know, break my heart, bro. <laughs> like, it was emotional. And he's like, what, what I always find so special about him is his art of storytelling. Mm. And even live, before he would start a song, he would give a background of yeah, it. And he would like yeah. kind of tell how he be- how that song came about, what a creative process was like, what the creative process was like. And who he's talking about in the song. And I remember, uh, I think was it No Role Models or one of those songs? He, I don't really remember. It's been so long. He was talking about like this chick in LA or something. Because I, I remember. Was it Santro Pay? Santro Pay, I remember. I remember those two intros specifically because one was about this yeah. chick. And Santro Pay, he was talking about. It, it was something about Franks and Swiss Francs, right? It was something about money. Yeah, money he like tied. Switzerland in there too, yeah. like yeah. traveling. Yeah, it just it it it, it worked so well. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he did it's just it incredible. Show. Yeah, yeah. It just shows you like the skill set this guy has. Like, oh yeah, that was definitely. Like, I don't know. That's yeah. like I love trap now, obviously, and stuff like that. But getting to know like the artist artist creative side behind a song and like their true joy and passion for what they're creating. Like I'm not knocking the guys now that are no, no, doing like the sure. trap stuff for and sure. stuff like, so a lot of really good stuff. But man, I mean, I think the other the other thing as well, just in terms of actual concerts, is that a lot of trap artists and and such have like quite a bad reputation for their concerts and the shows they put on. As in, mm-hmm. like they might sometimes they're lit, sometimes it's just like a bad show. Like you know, no disrespect to YG, but his concert was probably the worst concert I've been to. You know. I mean, this guy walked on and off stage half the time. He spent more time talking than he did doing songs. He yeah. disappeared for like 20 minutes to change outfits. Um, and I think, I know apparently Gucci Mane is a very bad performer. There are a couple of guys. And I'm sure some of it is fatigue when they do so many shows. And Gucci Mane's probably done like a million shows at this point. But mm-hmm. I actually haven't been, I've been to a, I, I would say I've been blessed to go to a decent amount of concerts. I've not been to that many trap artists. I was supposed to see Maxo Cream, but the show got canceled. And other than that, I think if you're talking pure trap, like I've seen Schoolboy Q, but I don't even know if he really counts as like trap. You know, what yeah, I mean? like he's a mixture of things. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I'd say more yeah. mixture. I mean, you know. I have. I saw. Oh, this is pretty crazy. So my university, St. Lawrence University, obviously is in upstate New York, yeah. small town called Canton. Yeah. Love the place, love the university. Shout out to everyone at SLU. Yeah, shout out SLU. But you wouldn't really expect artists such as, for example, Gunna to show up there. And I actually got to see him my freshman year at university. That's right. um, the neighboring college next to us called SUNY Canton, right in the same mm-hmm. town as us. Mm-hmm got gonna to come perform at like one of their i don't know like spring fest versions or whatever they had mm-hmm. and the crazy thing was too he had um city girls open up for him as well 
But um, so you saw City know, Girls as well. City Girls, but only one of them because the other one was locked up at the time. I think it was oh, JT. It was JT probably? I think she was. Locked yeah, up. one of them was still in prison, but. <laughs> Bro, seeing Gunna live was insane. That's pretty sick, man. I want to see Gunna yeah. for sure. Yeah, I nah, he was Gunna. dope. I would have loved to see Pop Smoke, but rest in peace, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a couple of guys that I I, I want to see though, and I don't know. It's um, the thing the thing about concerts is that bigger artists like i don't know how, how was the venue when you saw gonna like was it very big or was it a bit smaller and you know no it was like it was in the gym of that university like they just moved yeah. all the things see apart. that's that's we perfect features around because uh, like a lot of these big artists they're they're so popular that the concerts are so massive and then you still yeah. have a great time but what i've really liked about a lot of the artists that i've seen most pretty much all of the artists that i've seen is it's been quite small venues like mm-hmm. max a few hundred people and it's so much more i mean first off you're closer to the stage you get a better look you know so on and so on and i've been blessed to be pretty much at the front for most of my shows um but it's so i don't know it's so much more intimate like the biggest concert i've been yeah. to was the jay-z concert that was the first concert i ever went to that was oh, at yeah Didn't he, wasn't he touring with Beyonce as well was it I, that I didn't see him for that one I saw him before oh, okay. like when he did the Magna Carta world tour I oh, yeah. he performed that uh he went to Hallenstadion in Zurich um oh yeah that's a massive venue that's yeah so it was my and see th- that's still a great concert because one Jay-Z is like my goat artist that I grew up with two that was my mm-hmm. first ever concert so it was perfect but ever since then it's been small shows and I like I almost like it more because it's so like I said, it's, it's more intimate. Like, I suppose it sounds corny, but you feel like a closer connection to the artist, you know what I mean? And I've gone and I've mm-hmm. seen, like, Earth Gang and J.I.D. like three times each. And I saw Mick Jenkins. I saw Boss again. Joey Badass I've seen again. Um, Saba. And, like, the concerts are just, they're, they're tight, you know what I mean? And I, I, I yeah. kind of like that, um, you know, and, it's it's uh, as artists get more popular, the concerts get bigger, which is you know mm-hmm. also funny to see. It's inevitable. It's but... Inevitable. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, concert talk. Shout out concerts. That's one thing I need to come Shout back. Shout out. Once COVID's finally over, man. Yeah. This was be one of the miss, first things I do. I do miss concerts. I can't wait to start hitting up concerts again. For real. What else you, so I just had to, you got to stay hydrated, you know. Uh, what else you got going on in your life, my man? Talk to me. Talk to the people. Um, not much otherwise. I'm um, going to be doing online class again starting in January. Mm. But switching up the location once again, it's been a crazy year mm. just despite COVID, having to like navigate all these different locations, I guess. Moving down so, to South Africa now, man. Yeah, my family's already down there. They moved already, so Is I'll be the, joining them right. Cape Town? Yeah. Cape Town, yep. That's amazing, man. It's going to be um, nice. We used to go there a lot when I was younger. When we, mm-hmm. I went to school in Rwanda because it was kind of close mm-hmm. during our holidays. So it'd be nice getting to reconnect. But I think that's kind of been like the theme this year for me, even though despite COVID, kind of 
not allowing, allowing us to go do certain things we love to do. I've got been able to kind of use it as a way to reconnect, you know, mm. with a lot of my past places, friends, et cetera, just in a way. So for sure. Yeah. Which is, which is good, man. I mean, you, yeah. you do what you can and it's a good chance to, everybody has so much free time. It's so it's become easier to reach out and to talk to people. Um, yeah. Which is good. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy that I was able to come home. Um, especially at a time like Christmas, see the family and such. How is it seeing on your family and like being back home after being away for so long? It's uh, it's funny because I've been living alone for so long. I forgot what it feels like to have restrictions and like guidelines and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm so used to just doing whatever I want, whatever I want. Not saying that I'm just like clowning around, but I have the freedom to do it all. Um, yeah. So now, see, now it's obviously because I'm in quarantine, it's obviously a bit different. Like I can't go to the kitchen and make myself food. I rely on my parents for food, which, you know, kind of sucks. But uh, <laughs> even so, it's 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 nice. And it's just it's cool because I think every I mean, both you and me go home rarely because we're far away. So there's like yeah. large per- and I'm sure you feel the same way about this. There's large periods between when you go home and a lot of other international people watching this will feel this as well it's kind of interesting to notice yourself the change in maturity every time you Mm -hmm. go back because every time you go back like we're like a year older like I'm almost two years older than I was uh you know when I I mean technically yeah I was 20 the last time I was in Zurich and now I'm 22 Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because you yes other people notice it but you notice it yourself in terms of the conversations that you start having and um yeah you know, the interactions that you have and just your mentality. And it's kind of cool to see that aspect of growing up. You know, you I had a conversation with my my dad the other day when I arrived about family history and like his side of the family and that history, which was really interesting. Something I, we never talked about because like, I, I suppose I was never old enough or mature enough to ask and you yeah. know, didn't talk about it. So it was, uh, in that sense, it's cool what I've been struggling with is not having a routine. Um, I think that's the hardest part. And I know you can relate to this as well because you were at home for so long. Yeah. Not, I'm a very routine oriented person, a productivity oriented person. I like to be doing things and like making things happen all the time. You know what I mean? Like bang, 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 you know, you got to do stuff. Um, So it's good to take a step back, but it's also a struggle because it's like, you know my, my meals are messed up like my, my sleep is i'm jet lagged and i'm not in that same routine of like i got this work to do and i got this time to hit the gym and i got to do this and this and this and these tasks and it's yeah. uh it's a bit difficult and i know you you kind of you, you felt the same way when you were you had practice and then eventually that kind of got knocked off a little bit but even even with then like the rest of the day is so there's it's so different because yeah. i the the normal we were used to before COVID, especially with classes, mm. was so structured. You had a routine mm. every day. For example, mm. you knew when to wake up, when you go to your classes on campus, etc. And then in between that, for example, like, you know, you had your job, you were working, doing these exactly. things. So you had like your whole day mapped out and then you would do it again the next day, which I guess while you're in it might get a bit boring, you know what I mean? It could mm. be a lot, but when you don't have that sense of structure, it can be pretty tough. You can get very disoriented and kind oh, yeah. of lost amongst the wave kind of saying, you know, sure. 
for sure. So, um, when you change locations as well, like with us coming it back, makes it makes it hard too. It makes it hard. You you get really thrown out of your comfort zone. Like mm-hmm. you you have to adopt to not just sleeping in a different place and everything being different and in different places. You you find yourself. I found myself having to readapt to like really strange little things like that you wouldn't even think about. Like the shower is different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the sinks are different. Like the the house is hotter than my apartment so suddenly i have to change the temperature and it's these little things that you don't even think about but you realize how comfortable you've gotten in a space and not you know in your routine and in the environment that you're in and uh it's it's a uh, uh, always a bit of a shock when you have to go back and readjust and especially when you have to do it temporarily like i know i'm doing this readjustment but in less than a month i'm going to be flying back to canada you know and then mm. it'll be you know back into class job gym and like that's my yeah right there you know what i mean so but that that says a lot about who you are too as a person like that kind of global citizen so to speak Mm. that you are now that you are even though it's difficult you are able to adapt to all these different situations and these different environments and locations you know despite the circumstances around them yeah i mean we spoke about this a little bit with sylvester on the last podcast and just in terms of being global and just exposing yourself to new things and you know just being flexible and having the ability to uh you know interact and deal with different circumstances and uh be independent as well which is which is good i think it's it comes across very clearly when people (laughs) don't know how to live with themselves and deal with themselves and do the day-to-day do you think well obviously your move to canada helped you become independent you know in a certain obvious extent like you're living by yourself you're in a whole different country let alone continent but do you think looking back if you had for example stayed close to home with university do you think you would have made that same amount of personal growth if you reflect back I don't think I would have and it's because it 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 really does come down to the independence and it's leaving leaving home always and you did it even a year earlier in terms of going to Loomis so I know you know exactly what I'm talking about leaving home is is um is always a huge jump and the difference is that it's the further you go the bigger of a jump it becomes and I'm not just talking oh you have to adopt to a new I don't really have to adopt to a new culture you know what I mean like Canada's mm-hmm. you know it's a western culture that I'm used to you know yes there's a time difference but it's more so you realize that um there's something I, I talk about with my parents actually that you go overseas and your parents always support you. The further yeah. away, the further away that you get, you you actually you have way less of a support system, not because your parents aren't supporting you, but because your parents really don't know about where you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the reason I, I thought about this was because my mom always asked me for pictures and I'm really bad with taking pictures. Same, and yeah. I realized it's because it's I'm not in England hanging around with people that they know and places that they know. Like my parents haven't been, my dad lived in Vancouver, maybe 30, 40 years ago. They visited once in the time. Like they don't, it's really hard for them to situate my life across the Mm -hmm. world. So every issue that comes up with, they can help, but more so mentally and financially, not so dealing with, Canadian banks, health insurance, doing my taxes, finding apartments, day-to-day doctors, physio appointments, routine. It's, um, yeah, man, it's, it's just, uh, it's so 
separated that you and I know yeah. you you know this as well because you moved to the U.S. The further away you get, the more you realize that Loki, you are kind of on your own and you got to grow up quickly. Yeah. Otherwise, it's real hard to adjust and to get into things. You know what I mean? Yeah, you realize very early on for the simplest things like you were saying that there's no supporting hand, helping hand that can help you oh, figure yeah. out all these little Definitely things. Not. Even the simplest thing is, for example, trying to text your mom or ask like, hey, about this thing. It's going to take time because of time difference. Yeah, yeah. She might not see it until a lot later. And, and she I might think, not. She might not know the answer because she doesn't exactly know, because you know, a whole know? new environment. Yeah, and, yeah. But what I really cherished since being overseas in the U.S. is just the appreciation I have for what my parents have done okay. so far for me. Oh yeah. I think comes to light a lot more when you're by yourself now, and yeah. you get to look back and reflect on what they've been able to do and the opportunities they've been able to provide for you. Because mm. when you're living in that environment where you're constantly around them it's hard for you to kind of see that and notice it because that's what you deem as normal you know exactly i think you know it's it's super yeah super appreciative of that and like i know like a lot of the you know the basis for that independence and you know the work ethic and and stuff like that like that comes from you know your parents and so i think it's yeah. you notice differences in people in terms of who's had to deal with it and who hasn't and you know everybody has different relationships with their parents and everybody is treated different with my parents and with their parents. And, you know, I think my parents always did a good job of instilling a sense of hard work. I mean, also a sense of independence and like, you know, like you got to know how to deal, thing, deal, deal with things by yourself. Like we're not going to, yeah. you know, wait on you and set you up for everything and do this and do that. And it's, um, I think that's definitely been an important part of, of going overseas. The other good thing is that, you know, having that relationship with your parents keeps you grounded so like, yes, yeah. my parents can't help me with logistics that much, but it always means a lot to speak to them and, you know, to have that emotional support. And the same with, you know, the homies back home. And whenever I talk to, you know, you or any of the boys, it's always like a positive grounding experience because it's important to remember yeah. where you came from and who you knew and, you know, to keep those people in your life and to, to keep yourself, uh, you know, focused on, on what's coming moving forward, man. Yeah. You, know? you can't get get too high. The boys always, you know, calm you down when you think you've done something. Exactly, they'll bro. be the first ones to tell you. To it's not. There's no fun growing if you're not growing together, man. You yeah, that's facts. You know how it is. Yeah, man. I think uh, I think that might be a good place to to call this one short. To be yeah. honest, I think we've, we we've come out. Appreciate you for um listening to today's episode. You know, getting to know, I guess, our our boy Scott here a lot more, yeah. ourselves, me, myself personally as well, because I think that was something that we may have not been able to do so far in the podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of share our own experiences. But yeah, just to, you know, in terms of in terms of going forward for for people listening, focus of this podcast will definitely always be on guests. So you know, most because we want to put other people on the map, we want to showcase other people. Um, so we will definitely be bringing more guests on um but at the same time it's also a, you know this is a valuable experience for us to just kind of talk about whatever topics are going on to put that on the map to you know hopefully create conversations that you guys can uh, engage with and appreciate and like you said get to know us a little better so you know moving yeah. forward i'm sure you'll hear more episodes that are like this with just us two you know conversating and such you know we got a couple close friends we might bring on for the same kind of dynamic but with an extra person but, you know, we'll keep, we'll be bringing on guests and keep, you know, showcasing people and uh, doing what we can. 
you know what I mean? Just doing what we can, man. Yeah. But uh, it's always a blessing to hop on and chat with you, bro. Yeah, you too, man. Um, say what's up to the family and for our listeners listening as well. Um, enjoy the holiday season. Cherish mm. your loved ones around you. Tell somebody close to you that you love them. Take and, this time, man. Yeah. Take this time. Make it a make it a special time, and then you know, come back when it's done and be ready to uh, you know, get at it in the next year. You know what I'm saying? No cap. We'll keep you going through it all. All yeah, sir. Right there next to you. <laughs> <laughs> I love, love you.